Is your domestic worker meeting the full potential of their role? Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mate Sessions with CliffCentral.com. My name is Mbali Njomane, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Julissa Cindy. Hi, I love how you make that singing voice <laughs> as you introduce me. I feel so special. I know Hi. what you're talking about. <laughs> you're not that special. <laughs> I feel so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. It's so good to be back in studio with you. Yeah, likewise. It's been a good minute. Have you been? Girl. Where, where have you been? I'm joking. <laughs> I saw you yesterday. <laughs> um, so, yes, is your domestic worker meeting the full potential of their role? Now, we've always said that much of our productivity as a country begins in our households, and that domestic workers are our greatest asset in that regard. So since we started the mate sessions, we've explored all kinds of skills that create new opportunities for domestic workers while benefiting the homes they work in. And now, drum roll, we have officially built a virtual school called Made Academy where South Africans, that's you, can access training and infrastructure to upskill their domestic workers to become an even greater force of well-being and progress in their homes. And what we'd like to do today is introduce a monthly series called How Heroines Are Made where we reveal to you all the hidden powers of South Africa's domestic workers. Um, so, Talisa. Yes, um, I loved your intro. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely. Thank you. Let's do five basic skills today, and you can go first. Okay, so we're starting off with swimming. Um, disclaimer, I do not know how to swim, so <laughs> it'll help for me to take the lessons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So with swimming, I mean, I think these are some of the facts that most of us know. Um, for one, it is therapeutic. So so some people do physiotherapy in water. Um, and it also ranges to early childhood development um, mm. with children learning to swim at a young age. It also, it's great for the joints. It's great for exercise. It's low impact. Um, and it's it also boosts your happy hormones and your... Um, relaxation hormones. So overall, water is incredible. But it's also dangerous, right? That also. I mean, just a personal anecdote, but my uh, cousin drowned when he was four years old. Oh, no. And he was alone with the domestic worker. Oh, no. And his um, father yeah, was at work. His mother was at work. And I mean, till till today, it is an absolutely traumatic thing that just that, that can't be raised. Um, and so, besides all the absolutely beautiful things around swimming and water, and you know the recreational components and that kind of stuff, it's also one of the most dangerous mm. things in our homes. And so, it's really important that in the moments when your domestic worker is alone with your children, that if anything like that happens. That right. she knows almost immediately what to do. And the funny thing is that often in homes, the parents will ask the domestic worker to watch the child swim without necessarily realizing that the domestic worker probably doesn't know how to swim and yeah. couldn't do anything in a crisis. I think it's very rare actually for people to think of swimming as a life skill. Okay. And that's not something that I did for a long time. 
as well. Until I heard stories such as these, until, you know, you're, you're kind of in the ocean, maybe the tide is high and you're feeling a little bit unsafe and you're looking for a lifeguard, then you start to realize, actually, flip, swimming just went from being fun to being something <laughs> that I Terrifying. need to survive. Yes, yes. You know? And so it's definitely one of the crucial skills that a, a caregiver yeah. should have. And what's so great about it as well is that it's, it's not like it takes up extra time. It's not a skill that you're giving that'll take up more of her time. Mm. It's, it's that she will be highly effective mm. in case an emergency happens. Mm. Um, so, and not only is she going to be effective for y- y- the employer's family, mm. but she'll also be effective for herself as well as her family. Mm. And so it's really quite a, Huge overall benefit You know Mm. A lot of people benefit From this one person Knowing how to swim Mm. And what's great About the offerings That we found Is that it ranges from um, You know Single person lessons So say Your domestic worker Is a bit shy Of her body She can have Intimate lessons Mm. And some lessons Are only 15 minutes long So it's not even like It takes a lot Out of one's day Um, And then it also ranges to, you know, three or more people. So you could actually have a domestic worker with a child and they could learn to swim together. Yeah, which is quite fun and really bonding as well. But it's, it's so crucial that at any point, whoever is with your child knows what to do. No, absolutely. And I kind of liken it to a lifeguard who can't swim and the irony in that. And if you think of domestic workers as, as guardians of children's lives, essentially... Um, when you're not around, your your domestic worker usually is your child's number one lifeguard, and so it, it's it's completely insane that she wouldn't be able to swim and um, potentially save your child's life. Mm. So yeah, I might I might join your domestic workers <laughs> in <laughs> their lessons because I would not know what to do with you in the middle know, of an ocean, girl. I need to know how to save myself. But um, so yeah, d- definitely. Besides knowing something as crucial as swimming um if a child were to fall into the water and your domestic worker or even you are able to retrieve the child in time it's then important to know cpr Mm. and first aid Mm. the best way to put it is actually an extension of first aid because so much first aid happens after somebody has almost drowned yeah definitely Mm. and i've started to see the value of that marriage like a lot happens when someone's near drowning you know how do you how do you get water out of someone's lungs how do you make them breathe again um if they have bruises how do you tend to their bruises all Mm. those kinds of things you know i like i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to tend to myself and i'm a i'm an adult but you know if something happened to me i wouldn't know how to so i think it's crucial and again if this is someone who will spend spend a significant amount of time around your child i think it's important that they know certain skills and also um, children have, you know, a lot of energy and sometimes don't know or understand limits. So they will jump off something. Mm. They'll try to touch something hot. You know, it depends on these different age ranges. Mm. Um, and sometimes they will hurt themselves. They'll burn themselves. Allergies, you know, and and maybe not knowing that they have a peanut allergy and it clogs up their their respiratory system yeah, so sure. there's there's really so many different things that can happen that mm. are completely unpredictable mm. and again it can be at times when you're not around mm. as a parent um and so i think it's really important for first aid you know just a general understanding of first aid to be known and the thing about learning first aid is that you have to renew the learning Mm. Because it it either gets old or you forget it if you don't do it enough. Um, 
and I mean, we pray to God that you don't do it <laughs> enough, that you don't find yourself in so many situations that you know first aid off by heart. But every three years, they, they say you should renew it. I know we've reinforced the importance for for domestic workers that care for children. But ultimately, in your home, if you think about it, your domestic worker is everybody's number one support system, right? Mm. She is, in fact, your first aid. She is the first person who will come to your aid. So the irony, again, in the person who you rely on to be your first aid, Mm. not knowing Mm. first aid, is is insane. And it it isn't just about kids, right? You never know when you're going to find yourself in the pool and you have an accident. Any number of things could happen, right? You could pass out. You could um, have a cramp in your leg. Any number Mm. of things could happen. Uh, that put your life in danger as well, yeah. even as somebody who knows how to swim. And then, you know, definitely even for those without kids, just living by themselves or couples or even the elderly, right, who have domestic workers, there's constantly a risk that something could happen mm. to you, you know. And I think that we can all agree that we trust our domestic workers with, with our lives, with our families' lives. And so I think it is crucial then for us to be able to equip them to save our lives. And I think also just, you know, to approach it with some cultural sensitivity, um, especially from a swimming point of view, because a lot of domestic workers will come from backgrounds where or communities where just swimming is not a thing. You know, yeah. and they might have a fear of water, um, but also not to shy away for, from it because you assume that. You know, I think I think it should be her choice, but I think it is a, a, a crucial conversation to have with her. Absolutely. The other important thing that isn't obviously kind of a in case of emergency skill, but is certainly helpful in all kinds of ways is driving. And having been an au pair, I know the value of driving for for parents. I mean, it's 60% of that job, right? I feel like um, if I didn't know how to drive as an au pair, I I would have literally lost 60% of my value. And to put it differently, if the domestic worker knew how to drive (laughs) when I was an au pair... (laughs) I would have lost 60% um, of my uh, of my value. And just, again, you know, for parents to ask themselves, will I, would I still need an au pair or would I need an au pair as much if my domestic worker uh, knew how to drive, I think is a, is a crucial question. Because maybe, you know, and that's not to say you wouldn't need an au pair altogether, um, but that's just to say maybe you would only need her for tutoring. Mm. And maybe then... Uh, 50% of the money that you pay to an au pair could go towards bumping up your domestic worker's salary, right? Because, you know, her her role is so much more um, all-encompassing. You know, and then there's money in there you could obviously save for yourself as well. Um, How much time, say in a week or a day, were you spending just driving? I mean, it felt like the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the reason I hate driving I didn't much like it before then, but now I actually hate driving because I open. <laughs> okay, so let's take a day. About how many hours would you spend in a day driving? In a five-hour workday, three to f- four hours were spent in commute or en route. So there would often be stops where I'd have to take a child to an extramural like swimming. And then I would stop for half an hour. You know, but even that was kind of part of the driving mission. So I think four hours were spent on the go. 
Wow. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, so if we were to take the four hours of driving, mm. um, so that's 20 hours in a work week. Right. And that's 80 hours a month. Sure. That's, that's a significant, significant saving, right? Yeah. That's a significant. And if you think about you pay an au pair salary hourly. So you calculate it out early. So if you're paying your au pair 60 rand an hour, that's 60 mm. times 80. And do you feel like driving can be easily incorporated into her, you know, domestic workers' daily routines and chores? Not just easily incorporated. I feel like it's a must. I feel like it's the missing piece, you know? And um, again, it's not just about parents, right? Just think to yourself. First of all, we've always, we, I think everyone who's had a domestic worker or has a domestic worker has had this thought, like, if only she could drive right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it usually happens just after she hands you the shopping list. <laughs> You're like, flip. <laughs> and yeah, just from that perspective alone, Think about the, the the amount of time you you spend getting groceries, and she'll make the shopping list, and she'll unpack the groceries, and she'll help you use the groceries. Right? She'll prepare meals, she'll do the cleaning. She's instrumental in all of this. Hmm. The one thing she can't do is drive. That's the one part <laughs> where she needs you to do her job. Huh? Very interesting <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, when you think about it, even in terms of emergencies, again, mm. say your child is choking there we or go. whatever, she's there we managed go. to do something, but she's still got to rush the child there to hospital. There we go. Again, an extension of first aid that yeah. you know should actually probably be um, packaged in in first aid courses, right? Do you know how to drive? If anything had to to happen to you and you need to rush to the hospital, that would be. A matter of life and death if, if, if your domestic worker didn't know how to drive. Okay, so there's other things like, you know, what if you need to drop something off at a, at a friend's house, but, you know, you're kind of, you're juggling things. You're juggling your schedule and you need to do something at home or you have something to finish at home, but you need to drop something off. You know, um, it would be really convenient then to, to, to be able to ask your domestic worker to, to do that, whether it's, it's something at your friend's house or it's, it's dry cleaning, for instance, right? Mm. That's something that she could easily help you do so that you were able to, to focus on things that actually really need your time specifically, mm. right? And then the other thing is just like, you know, taking your car to a valet. Yeah. Right. That takes up a significant, a significant amount of time. Yeah. Um, it's the that you of, could save. It's the kind of convenience that Uber Eats mm. has really understood. And um, errands, I mean, errands literally like consume everybody's time. It does. Admin. Oh. Admin. And it's, 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 it's the annoying things I think are the things that don't necessarily need your time. Yeah. Right. Where somebody in your life could be equipped to help you with them. Mm. You know, driving doesn't need your time specifically. Getting groceries doesn't need your time specifically. Taking your car to a valet doesn't need your time specifically. You know what's magnificent about that as well is that it cuts out micromanaging. Mm. Because if you have to step in just to drive, it messes with the domestic worker's rhythm. Mm. Because if she has to wait for you to do it mm. and then... Exactly. And know? again, so I think... It the, creates a better balance. The perfect way to some it up is why it's this one area where she needs you to do her job yeah so i think it segues well into the other course that we have which is a cooking course um and this is an eight week course that's um, a really well designed housekeeper's course cooking course but i mean what we've seen significantly in a lot of households is that domestic workers will you know sometimes make the lunch 
but at the same time, domestic workers tend to also have, you know, their their own kinds of foods mm. that they enjoy. And um, we all do just culturally, you know, mm. if I had to cook for a family that wasn't mine, it would be a bit of a struggle. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it's not just a cultural thing. It's like a personal taste as well. You know, yeah. we all eat different things. Yes, yeah. definitely. And so this course um, allows the domestic worker's skills to just be a bit broadened so that she'll be able to finesse the things that she loves, finesse the things that you love, um, as well as know how to make better lunches, healthier, more nutritional, mm. that kind of stuff as well. Um, quicker, the the better skills you have at cooking, the quicker you are. Mm. And so it's, it's, it creates more time convenience as well. And then it also becomes a skill that she can pass down while she's spending time you know, in the home with your children. If she's um, there while your child is doing homework, that can also be a little playful pastime mm. because, you know, she's she's learnt the lessons um, on some kind of professional level and so it becomes a skill that she can pass on. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the great thing about our approach to cooking is it's it's about principles that can be adapted to suit any kind of diet. Yeah. Essentially, but it's just knowing the basic principles to to be able to adapt, you know, because then she'll be able to read recipes that you give her a lot better and to, to, to apply the methods a lot better. And that's really all she needs. And a, a big part of what, um, our courses will do is, is, is go through, um, stuff around math and numeracy. So how do you measure amounts mm. when you're using a recipe? Um, and then methodical stuff like whisking as opposed to mixing and, you know, what utensils are best to use for what. Um, so basically it just makes her into, um, a, a cooking machine and then that you can then tailor to suit your, your, your specific needs. The other thing that's great about cooking and cooking lessons is that they also show you what are good and healthy things to buy. So like what are GMO um, you know, foods versus what are very healthy and organic. Mm. Um, what is GMO? Genetically modified. Thank you. Something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you know, a lot of the times these things look the same or look similar, branded the same. Like a lot of the times it'll say something dangerous on the ingredient section, mm. but. I I know that most of the time I don't know <laughs> what mm. those dangerous things are. So I don't even know what to look at when I look at the container mm. to see whether this is natural or not. Mm. And so cooking courses is also, also great with that to really decipher what those kinds of words mean, what those kinds of ingredients really are mm. um, and where to source them and that kind of stuff. So um, it's a very important thing, actually. Mm. And it, it's become an important skill <laughs> to yeah. have in a generation where a lot of our foods aren't real. And also just because your domestic worker spends a significant amount of time with your child, I think it helps for them to pass down good habits mm. and not to just do things out of convenience, but to be more deliberate about your child's diet and what they communicate to your child about what they should eat on their plate and what they shouldn't eat. On the, and, you know, all kinds of things around, like giving them a rationale um, to communicate around why certain foods are bad for your child. So, yeah, I think from a from a child care point of view, that's something that's, that's extremely important. We're also working on an in-home cooking 
training course. And this course works to to really tailor the lessons according to your preferences. Mm. So that's really great because maybe the things that you wish you knew how to cook that you're not sure how to or that overwhelms you, you don't have time to do, this course really helps you to get to to that stage where you feel very comfortable with the things that you enjoy um, in terms of cooking. And then lastly, and maybe the most important thing, is safety and security in the home. Um, So neighborhood crime is a real thing. And, you know, we... We've all heard chilling stories from people who, who've been affected. And we all do the best we can to protect our homes and to protect our, our families. But unfortunately, not all of us can afford security guards or um, armed response systems. And even those things don't provide us with any guarantees, right? So for the most part, we just hope to God that it will never be us. <laughs> yeah, That's all we do. We just like knock on wood. Hopefully it will never be us. Um, and it's, it's, it's really debilitating to feel like there's nothing more you can do. And the thing for me that scares me about like armed response systems or police or, you know, maybe even security guards to some extent and certainly things like household insurance, all these mechanisms that we put in place is they're not preventive. Yeah. They're all responsive. They're all react, they, they react or they respond to something that has already happened. Absolutely. Right? Terrifying. And that's extremely, extremely terrifying. And, you know, we all know that in any event, prevention is, is much better than, than cure. But I think we're all sometimes living under this false assumption that all we can do is respond. Because mm-hmm. we're not always in our homes, but there is someone who is always in our homes, you know, and things like um, safety habits and things like, you know, catching uh, warning signs in the neighborhood when there's maybe suspicious yes. activity or communicating with neighbors. You know, these are the things that we're not necessarily able to do because we're not always home. Mm, being able to notify which car seems to be coming frequently along the street. Exactly. Yes, yes. Um or just knowing when something has happened two streets down, you know, and it might be moving its way up, you know, if there's like a frequent occurrence, just to be able to trace patterns. These are something, these are things that we can't do because we're not always present in our homes and we're not always present in our neighborhoods. But the, these are things that domestic workers can do. And the first prize is to, to try to ensure that these things never happened in, in the first place. And domestic workers, Facts are more present in our homes and neighborhoods than anyone else. And whilst this can be a negative thing because it does put their lives under threat, Mm -hmm. it can also really be a good thing if we teach them to safeguard themselves, to secure their homes and to gather intelligence in the neighborhood about suspicious activity. And this is a great thing about um, a woman called Penny Stain, and she's been on the show before, and she works with the police to train domestic workers in self-defense and in, in preventing um, neighborhood crime. And she covers a, a range of courses that, that, that are mostly pre- preventive, but also do um, kind of aid domestic workers in, in helping themselves and in, in supporting you and protecting your home in case of a real emergency. And I think, you know, this, 
Think about networks. If you think about, you know, intelligence is such a big part of solving or preventing crime. You yeah. know, this is why it, central intelligence agencies are really important governments, mm. right? And who better a CIA than domestic workers in the neighborhood? Because whilst you may drive past and see them huddled and think that they are gossiping, actually what they're doing is exchanging what could be very valuable information. Yeah, so, you know? and, and could be surveilling. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that is something that is very unique to, to, first of all, their role in our communities. Um, but also to, to the way in which they, they communicate and the way mm. in which they socialize. If we live in these very gated communities where it's, it's rare that we interact with our neighbors and, 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 and build community around, you know, solving neighborhood Issues, And I think domestic workers are coming from a culture and communities where there is still that kind of element of we all communicate. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so that we can we we can aid each other in 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 living better lives and in protecting our communities. And so that's something I think that we definitely need to be tapping more into, especially in 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 suburbs. Mm. And you know, what's so sad about gator communities is that there's less less visibility. Mm. Um, you know, the yes. the more solid walls are, yeah, exactly. the less you're actually really able to see what's going on. Exactly. And so it requires the presence of an actual person. So so there's some corners that cameras can't catch, but a domestic worker or whoever's in your home can hear sound. Mm. So that then at least breaches the walls. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, a domestic worker's presence is so significant in moments where security and what is a responsive mm. um, or reactive security fails. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many inventive ways where you can actually secure your house and little like little hacks around windows and doors and dustbins, for instance. The other day I heard a story from a domestic worker and apparently this is something that's quite prevalent, right? So, you know, those big bins, those pick it up bins that we all have in our houses, you know, we slowly kind of throw our refuse during the week and then pick it up, we'll come once a week and we'll take it out. Now, apparently what happens is you'll leave it out there for pick it up and they'll empty it. And sometimes what criminals will do is jump inside the dustbin. So when the domestic worker goes back out to get it, there's a guy in your dustbin. (laughs) And once, you know, Either he'll jump out at that point where she's least expecting it Mm. and your gate is wide open or she'll drag it inside and then he's inside your home. He's like on your premises. And I imagine there's so many of these things that we don't realize. Yeah. And it's so easy to say you live on a, on a slope, you know, it's so easy to like not realize that the dustbin's heavy because it's easy enough to to roll mm. you know so it's not even that the, the weight is always immediately evident mm. it's stuff that we don't always think about like are the curtains closed or open and what does that say to criminals are the lights on or off what does that say to criminals Such if she point. goes out to the store to get bread and she's the only one at home what are the best way impressions she can give that somebody is home yeah so how to you change your patterns but these are things that you and I don't have the time to think about, right? Because literally we leave home in the morning, 
dash out mm. dash back in at night and then the last thing on our minds once we're safe and sound inside our homes is this stuff you know we want to spend yeah. time with our families we want to watch tv we want to sleep and a lot of us can't change our habits you know say mm. we have nine to fives mm. we have to work around that mm. but you can change when you go to get groceries exactly your housekeeper can also be an asset in terms of passing on the information you know, because you may, may not have time to do that kind of course either or to apply it, you know, but she could perhaps help you and your family to build better um, safety habits as well. Yeah. And so that's what Penny Stone's been able to do is develop these the, these hacks and these systems that your domestic worker can use to, to secure your house and also to protect herself. Absolutely. And she has about 70 courses, really extensive. She's interviewed criminals. Uh, she has worked quite extensively with the police force who have a database of the many different ways that criminals have access to different neighborhoods. And so her, her work is really well researched, um, a really great body of work. So these are just things we wanted to share with you today to start with that give you insight into how much potential your domestic worker has in your home, untapped potential, by virtue of her role. And these are skills that are valuable to anyone, but I think they're not devoid of how important and how how well-positioned she is in your home. Mm. Um, and we can't talk about this without talking about pay. No, we can't. <laughs> Um, and it's it's really just to break down the true value of what one person can hold. Um, if you think, for instance, about hiring an au pair on top of hiring a domestic worker, that's about 45 to 80 rand an hour. Um, if you were to hire a cook, that is really pricey. You know, it, it ranges from like 320 to 380 for, for three or four course meal. Wow. Um, if you were to hire a driver, that's on average about 6,000 rand a month mm. extra. Mm. And if, and, and even if you were to, to calculate it in terms of Uber rates, it's, it's also significant and increased security. I mean, that's, you know, security guards, cameras, all that kind of stuff, you know, all of that stuff adds up and it just happens that one person can embody so much of that. So I think, um, that that person that has the the ability to embody that should also see that value in terms of compensation or in terms yeah, of benefits. You sure. Know? Um, I mean, I think if you had to give your domestic worker just these five skills we've spoken about and actually do the numbers, you know, calculate on a spreadsheet how much you were saving in rands and cents. Yeah. And time. And time. If you had to convert time to rands and cents, I mean, that's even more, yeah. right? But even if, even just time aside, if you had to to calculate how much potentially you were sa saving in rands and cents, right? Mm. I mean, even a delayed response to an emergency can cost you in hospital fees. Yeah. So those are things that you need to take in a, into account. So simply then adding 20%, 50%, even 100% of the salary is not a fraction of what you, you will ultimately save yourself. So I think, yes, it's definitely something crucial to consider is 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 the monetary value of these things and ultimately the point is you wouldn't work for a company that didn't give you training and support that you needed to do your job right because that sets you up to fail similarly if we're going to entrust our domestic workers with the things dearest to us right like our, our families and our homes then before we hold them accountable 
I think it's also up to us to ensure that they're equipped with the right things. I want to touch on some of the upcoming, um, <laughs> I mean, we just started Made Academy, but <laughs> we're already tailoring some, some new courses. And these we've uncovered from discussions that we've had with some employers and the kind of demands that are out there. So we're tailoring an Airbnb course, which is really becoming quite a, a norm now that mm. some will just have a certain part of their house that's rented out, you know, whether it's just a room or the cottage. Um, and so... To be able to welcome a foreign guest is quite different to welcoming anyone. Right. They they should know how to settle in. They should know where the nearest stores are, what the Wi-Fi code is, uh, where's the nearest place to, to grab a taxi. So their, their lack of understanding of an environment means that whoever's hosting them needs to know just a little bit more information in order to really host them well. And maybe even to drive them around to some significant places in the city and that kind of stuff. So, so this course really works to, um, to gear someone up to be a really good and host. And then that's an instance where she'd be making, helping you make additional income Absolutely. as well. So if you trained your domestic worker to help you with an Airbnb, um, that could go really far in terms of subsidizing whatever increments that you give her for her skills. Mm, and mm. your ratings, I'm sure, would be really good mm. <laughs> as well. So to really sustain um, your, your good reputation. And to some of our points, I think it's it's best to bring Richard Branson in. Of course. To round it up for Who us. Who else? <laughs> Who but Richard Branson? You know what I'm saying? Um, and he says, train people well enough so they can leave. Treat them well enough so they don't want to. Mm. It's such a lovely quote because I think that when we upskill our domestic workers, sometimes the fear is that they'll move on to to great opportunities, opportunities that we can't provide them, which, mind you, is a good thing, right? So no one should be trying to restrain anybody else from progressing because doing low-income work is, is not a ideal for anyone. You know, yeah, so, and, and so many didn't even intend to do it permanently. Anyway. Exactly, exactly. And so I think the same way you wouldn't want to be held back at work because you were the best. Say you hated being a receptionist, but you were the best in the world, you know, and then you, you, your boss decided that he wasn't going to give you that like Excel training so that you could become, I don't know, a bookkeeper because that's always what you wanted to do. That would be that would be a bit shocking. <laughs> So, but I think it's something we can do subliminally is just to, 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 you know, to, to try to, to hold people back because we need them. Yeah. Um, but I think the beautiful thing about that quote is that rather than not upskilling people, to upskill them so that they can better serve our needs mm. and our, our relationships with them. Absolutely. Is the way to think about it, right? So as the boss with the receptionist, you might want to think, how much more could my receptionist do for me if she learned Excel? Or if she could do some bookkeeping, would she go from being a receptionist to being a, a PA? Could she help me with, with, with my bills? So there are always ways in which I think we can broaden the scope of the value that we exchange with people. And I mean, just a quick story about... Um Jonathan Robinson of Bean Their Coffee Company. Um, he so he trained this one guy to start up his own uh, 
you know, just coffee spot at a market in Cape Town. And so you started with one coffee maker mm. um, and being there paid for it. And then he had to pay back being there. So he paid it back. He was doing really, really well that he was able to buy another machine. Um, then he did really, really well. He was able to buy another machine. And this is out of his own money. Now he's doing really, really well. Um, and Jonathan sort of mentioned he felt some type of way, you know, <laughs> it's human. It's human. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, he's thriving without me. He, he won't come back. I won't get back the skills that I offered him, mm. that I gave him. But what is great about that relationship is that he gets all of his coffee from being their coffee company, mm. the guy that he trained, he gets all of his coffee. So, so although he's left, he has become a client, mm. you know, and so he's still getting, but in another way. Mm. So the the benefits are different, but they're there. Nobody in South Africa wants to lose domestic workers. But the fastest way to to lose domestic workers, I think, is if we create a situation that is unsustainable for them mm. in terms of opportunity and Absolutely. in terms of what they earn. Because then they will go for the next alternative, the very first next alternative. They'll, they'll, they'll jump at the, the very first opportunity to leave. And uh, that's, that's a scenario that we, we need to try to, to avoid, right? Because increasingly there will be opportunities, um, that benefit domestic workers outside of domestic work. What we want to try and do as made is to create a larger scope of opportunity within this crucial sector that we all depend on. Definitely. Mm. And, uh, yeah, with that, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the main sessions with cliffcentral.com. Um, yeah, There's so. A singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, do go onto our, our new website, um, madelabs.com and. The made-labs. Actually, I'll just let you do that whole thing. I know. Why is it like I, this? I don't know. Okay. Don't know. okay. Thank you for <laughs> I apologize. Guys, it's me. <laughs> I make life complicated at all times. Um, but support Made Academy and uh, make domestic work in South Africa sustainable. Mm, so uh, you can go to our website, made-labs.com. So that's M-A-D-E-L-A-B-S.com. And our Twitter page is at made underscore labs. Our Facebook page is made.labs. There is right. no way I will ever spicy. get that. <laughs> Drops mic. <laughs> you, f- you make me feel so incompetent every time you say that. No, you know, the only reason why it's this complicated is because of the symbols that Twitter allows. Oh, you're not just like a Facebook maestro, right? I like a genius you. who can retain all this information no. about like dot this, dot that. <laughs> you show off. Let's take this offline. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. Bye. See you next week. Cliff Central. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.